God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. to the God Whispers. I feel like we should be a late night radio program. <laughs> Maybe we are. Call in and tell us about all of your dreams. Gotta love it. I love Can't the beat funk, the fuzz man. the fuzz effect. God whispers, bring in the funk back. Yeah, we are <laughs> funky funky. One tune at a time. <laughs> yeah. I'm Craig. I'm Bill. We're the God Whispers. Yep. All right. Good show. Housekeeping. Oh yeah, that. Uh, the God Whispers hotline spells Manly Doctors 13 626 593 God the mothership, all the episodes up there, including the new format. Oh, got a little background music oh, yeah. going there. I like that. New format, 30 minute format, no nonsense, get right down to business, whatever that is. Uh, so godwhispers.org and our email is godwhispers at gmail.com and we do have we do have a letter if you want to like you know, uh, I, but first I want to mention something you wanna... we've gotten really mixed feedback on the half an hour format do we care well you have people who you know are multi-generational Lutherans yes who get upset because CFW Walther did an hour-long podcast and so we should he did uh, Luther you know, was known to podcast for over two hours. Right. I, I, it's just the Lutheran resistance to change, I think, in a lot of these people. Uh-oh. This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. <laughs> it's just going. Uh, That's just a little commentary, a little political, anyhow, little political commentary. Uh, we've got something uh, in the in the mailbag. We do. We do. Uh oh, soundboard issues. On no, iPad. just I had too many buttons at the same time. There we go. The God Whispers mailbag brought to you by George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> I don't know. We'll throw that out there. Uh, this is from Australia. Hi, Craig and Bill. I've been listening back through the archives over the past year and listening to other unnamed Lutheran podcasts, and I'm increasingly finding myself sitting outside the theological boundaries of the Baptist churches that I've grown up in here in Australia, Mm. as I've come to wrestle with Lutheran doctrine as I read the scriptures. Well, that's a good thing. One thing that I've picked up is that often different groups of Christians use the same words but mean something quite different when they use them. That's that's for sure. Spiritual or spirit is one of the ones that I know has this ethereal, emotive, and abstract meaning in some circles that I run in, but I would love to hear what you mean when you speak of spirit. 
spirit. Is spirit always talking about heavenly things, the right-hand kingdom, or the breath of life? Or are there contextual clues that indicate that it is meaning one thing in one context and another in a different context? Thanks for the excellent rambling and for occasionally making a point. Also, thanks for putting me on to the Virtue in the Wasteland podcast Never with Jeff heard and of Dan at Concordia. It's brings something a, it brings a different perspective on vocation and how to live in the current world. I can I can wait to hear how bad the first international episode. I think he means I can't wait to hear how bad the first international episode from Prague is going to go after the KFUO disaster. Oh, come on. That was just the first episode with all sorts of epic, crazy. Epic, epic. Crazy. Just, uh, what a, what an episode issues. that was. That, yeah. that was just, It was out of control. Well, you know, but I, I really like it because we set the bar low. And so we had nowhere to go but up. I mean, we, we were primed for success at that point. And we didn't achieve any, but, but we were primed for it. And that was really <laughs> the important thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, to his email, uh, I was just at a doxology conference for the missionaries a, a few weeks ago now. Oh, yeah. And uh, Hal Sinkbile, uh was making a point that we are spirits as well as, as physical beings. But when we talk about each other, we can also talk about each other as, as spirits because you can't divide them up, the physicality from the spiritual in, in the sense of the human being. And um, I, I can't do it justice, what he was saying, but it, it's just interesting to consider that as we are simul, as saints and sinners, we are also simul as we're spirits and physical beings. You know, the, the notion of, and that's a timely thing because this Sunday is Pentecost right. and the, the, big, the Holy Spirit's big day. Yeah, or where the, the accent is on the Spirit, and yet it's not, it's on Jesus, mm-hmm. because that's what the Spirit tends to do. But um, the notion of Spirit, spiritual, spiritual things, um, I think he's right. Uh, people use that in, in different ways. Uh, for example, I think some people think that things spiritual are things, what, not physical? Right. So it's the opposite the of physical, unseen. the unseen things. Uh, I think some people equate it with emotions. Yes. So I feel a certain way. That's a spiritual thing, whereas thinking uh, is probably not viewed so much as spiritual. Um, trying to figure out, you know, the popular notion of I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. What what does that actually mean? What are people trying to say? I think what they're trying to say is that I have a sense of the transcendent, of the eternal, maybe a vague notion of God, uh, but I don't have any need or use for um, religious institutions or creeds or dogmas or things like that. So it, it, those would be viewed as unspiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh now in the Bible, I it kind of depends where you're reading and who's writing. I think uh, the in the Old Testament, you know, spirit is the same as the word for wind or breath. Ruach. The spirit of of Noima. the Lord is the ruach Yahweh. The, but that could be also translated wind or breath. Right. Um, which kind of plays into Pentecost because you know what's what's the manifestation of the spirit in Pentecost? Wind and fire. 
I'm I'm kind of trying to put myself in the Baptist mindset on this. Most mm. Baptists are not are, are not uh, charismatics. No, and, and so I I think if he was writing from a Pentecostal perspective. Uh, we'd have a lot more to latch on to with uh, crazy ideas of the work of the Holy Spirit. And I, I think if we go that direction, if we are to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, we have to get away from the theology of glory and personal empowerment and go to the Spirit testifies to Christ and points us to Christ. Yeah, I think that's, if you want to look for a, a consistent thread when we're talking the Holy Spirit, that is the third person of the undivided Holy Trinity, um, the, his chief work is, is he's in the words business, mm. preaching. You know, all the, a lot of the prophets, what's their, what's their lead line? The Spirit of the Lord came upon me. Mm. And, and that's what prompts them to preach. What's the big thing at Pentecost? It's not speaking in tongues. That's almost incidental to the story. How else are they going to be understood? They're, but, they're testifying to Christ. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the preaching. I, I like to say it's a miracle of the mouth and the ear. Um, it, they spoke. Now, whether they spoke in all those languages or whether they were heard in those languages, I can't tell. Hmm. Um because, but because you know the the hearers were hearing not only their own language but their own dialect as well, and so uh, whatever the case may be, it's it's um the the miracle is the miracle of preaching of broadcasting the word. So the the work of the spirit, uh, we're at a uh, you and I both were at a, a pastors uh, uh you know meeting a circuit pastors meeting yesterday, and the point was made that nowhere in the Bible does, is the spirit credited with miracles. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, of course, in the Pentecostal churches and whatnot today, uh, the Holy Spirit's only about miracles. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the it, the miracle, which is really not miracle the way we use that term, it, of the Spirit is preaching, the broadcasting of the gospel uh, to the ends of the earth and all the languages and dialects of the world. Uh, and so... You know, that's Holy Spirit talk. I mean, Jesus talks extensively about the Holy Spirit in the Upper Room Discourse in John, right? He will take from what is mine. He will make it known to you. He, the Spirit is sent by Jesus. There's kind of a, a symmetry. The Father sends the Son. The Son sends the Spirit. And uh, he's another com a comforter, counselor, paraclete, however you want to define that. Right. And you you basically stole my thunder there a little bit. A lot of the descriptors of the Holy Spirit, they also are testifying to Christ in this sense. The comforter, how are we comforted? But in Christ, uh, being told that Christ died for our sins, that victory is ours, that even though this life may suck at times, Christ has redeemed it all, and it's all in Christ. That's the comfort that we receive. Uh, not there, there now. Everything's going to be all right here. Let me give you a hug, kind of thing. You know, I was uh, <clears throat> scanning through the uses of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. When you look at Luke, anybody who's filled with the Holy Spirit starts preaching. Hmm. So you have um, Elizabeth. Elizabeth's filled with holy the, the Holy Spirit. The baby leaps in her womb, and she says, "Blessed art thou amongst women." She, she, she. she Preaches to Mary. But does she speak in tongues? <laughs> no. Um, she should. Zechariah, filled with the Holy Spirit, prophesied, saying, 
Simeon filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, it, it, it seems that it, it goes hand in hand. Where the Spirit is, there the Word is preached. Now, how many Where of the these Word is people preached, there the Spirit's at work. were growling and barking in the Spirit? Were yeah, they? that's a different thing, yeah. isn't it? That, that was the other question that came up. Is the manifestation of tongues in Jerusalem in, at Pentecost, is that the same thing as what happened in Corinth that Paul is writing about? Rather negatively. I mean, mm. Paul, I, my, my take uh, is that Paul's assessment of the charismatics at Corinth is negative. Right. Um, in fact, he seems to uh, lump it in with speaking as a child. Uh, he brags that he speaks in tongues more than all of them, and nobody knew this. You know, yeah. Clearly, this was, this was out of the blue. Uh, and he gives them rules to keep their tongues in check. I was uh, teaching a Bible class last night at a cigar lounge, which is <laughs> right away. Awesome. That's, is that a spiritual uh, thing? That's well, the we... smoke rises as incense ah, before are. the Lord. Anyway, uh, one of the things that I mentioned here is the whole charismatic idea of the Lord gave me a word about you. And I always like to point out, if this isn't in line with the Bible, we have to drag you out to the edge of town and throw rocks at you until you stop moving, because you're a false prophet. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it's more of an impression than a word. For, oh, okay. I can deal with impressions, but a word from the Lord is a sure thing. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I could have a lot more respect for people to just say, basically, in my humble and pious opinion. Right. Uh, but the minute you credential with the Lord told me, who am I to argue with you? I mean, right. that, that's one of the most manipulative things I can imagine. Well, especially when God is telling me that I'm a creep. I already know that. Well, yeah, that. I, mean, we, I don't need to be you, told that. you got a bunch of friends who will tell you that. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> the, uh, the other work of the Holy Spirit is to bring life. You know, in the creed, he is called the Lord and giver of life. Right. Um, I think of like the prophet Ezekiel where he's, uh, called to preach to these dry, dead bones in some valley, and uh, and so the, and so the bones up, upon his preaching, the bones all come together, and uh, they have flesh on them, but they're dead; they're not alive. And and then the second command from God is to preach to the wind, the spirit, mm. and and the spirit blows over these corpses, and they they rise up; they're they're alive again, similar to Adam. Uh, you know, in in the yeah, creation story, yeah, he he uh, he makes Adam, uh, but he breathes into his nostrils the the ruach hayah, the breath of life, and Adam becomes you know, a living being. So, so he's the the Lord of life, where the spirit, where the wind of the spirit blows. There's life, right? And uh, so you have you have life, and you have word. It's no coincidence that in Western Christianity, particularly, word and spirit go together. Mm. Uh, Augustine is very big on that. Where the word is, there the spirit is. Where the spirit is, there the word is. And that's why Lutherans don't rely on feelings to gauge whether the Holy Spirit's at work. If the word of God is preached, the spirit's at work. I always like to make a big deal about Jesus on the cross, and as he exhales his last, he exhales his life into the world. Uh, you know, this is a little bit of license, of course, but the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. And uh, with Christ's final breath, he takes our death into him and leaves us his life. So yeah. in, a, in a very real way, he breathes life into the world. Who does from that? The who, who, who says, which of the evangelists says that? It's not John. It's not Luke. Is it Matthew. I Let's don't recall. See. Yes, 
Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit in Matthew 27. Uh, not in, not so, let's see, is it in Mark that way? No. In Mark, see in Mark, it's the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Uh, he has that. Um, so uh, I take a different take on that. The spirit that descended upon him in his baptism, he now dismisses. The work is done. Mm. So he's the one anointed. He's the the Christ, the anointed one. So he's anointed by the spirit without measure visibly at his baptism. And so now the work completed in his death, he dismisses the spirit. Um. I have to think about that. Sort of a Matthew way of looking at it. In yeah. in, in Luke, uh, the big deal is Pentecost, where uh, the Spirit is equated with the power to preach the word. Wait until you are clothed with power from on high. So they're to do nothing but wait until the Spirit. Well, I'm the first to admit that what I was saying is a sermonic device. It's, it's not from the text. So in other words, you just kind of make it up as you go along. No, because as Christ died... He took our death into himself, and he does exhale his life for us. Now, I think you have a notion um, on the basis of Ephesians 4 that the ascended Christ at the right hand of God breathes out on his church, that, that, that you know, Pentecost is, in a sense, Christ breathing life into his church, giving his church breath to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. And but, with, with that breath, words and power, you know, they all kind of go together. Yeah, but that breath is also spirit. Right. The panoima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The ruach. Breath, wind, spirit, all the same word. Right. Um, To get back to to our Australian friend's question, what what does the word spirit mean? Um, Obviously, it can mean Holy Spirit. Um, Sometimes it could be understood in a Greek sense. You know, the Greeks divided man according to body, soul, spirit, mind this kind of thing and so there's there's that you'll see that like in Thessalonians Kim Riddlebarger goes off on that trichotomy yeah I, I don't I don't understand what he's going I think on it's about, just but, a Greek way of speaking it's yeah. only once in in first Thessalonians where Paul blesses them according to body soul and spirit and I think it's just his way of saying all of you the whole of you however you divide yourself there's mm-hmm. nothing left out uh, the more Hebraic way is to see it in terms of breath now, in John, it's a little bit different because you have flesh and spirit contrasted with each other. Flesh is born of flesh and spirit is born of spirit. Unless you're born of spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So uh, that tends to be kind of of the earth and of heaven or of the world and of heaven. It's not soul because body and soul are both of this world. They are of Adam. So you have, uh, you know, flesh that is born of flesh and spirit that is born of spirit. Um, I think that does roughly coincide with St. Paul's old man and new man. The old man is flesh. That's not just referring to body, but it's what is born of Adam or like I say, what popped out of your mama. And, and spirit is what the spirit through the word has worked. That is the new man in Christ. And so these are opposed to each other. That's Galatians 5, too. Flesh and spirit are opposed to each other. The, the, spirit, the flesh gives rise to, you know, the works of sin, 
and the Spirit produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, etc. So I'm looking at uh, Acts 2, uh, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And, of course, we know that they were testifying to Christ. I'm going to assume that these are probably baptized disciples who are are there. Any thoughts? Yeah, what? uh, the, the, The 120 upon whom the Spirit fell? Yeah. Yeah, I we I think it's safe to assume they were all baptized with John's baptism. Yeah. See, I I take this to mean you, you know when when John was baptizing and he says there's coming there's someone coming after me who is greater than I, not worthy to untie his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Or you might translate that the fire of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I think. I think that Pentecost for those 120 is the completion of John's baptism. This is a case where, you know, they're Mm -hmm. baptized with water by John. To our record, nobody was ever baptized again with water. Interesting. But the Spirit fell on them, and so now they have the completion. Christian baptism post-death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus within his mandate is both together— but they experience both the part because they're in this unique in-between time of Jesus' earthly ministry and his dying, rising, and ascension. And I think that this brings up a really good point also, is that in evangelicalism, in Protestantism, a lot of people will talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit as though it's something different than water baptism. And in a sense, they're right, but they're right only at that time. In, in the book of Acts, you do have a separation. The Samaritans... Right. are baptized, but don't receive the Spirit until Peter and John show up. And lay hands on them. Right? Yeah, and and then you have the flip. You have Cornelius and his household receive the Holy Spirit while Peter is preaching to them, and they manifest the same Pentecost sign as the apostles' experience, namely they're speaking in tongues, and Peter says, whoa, same Holy Spirit that we have, what's to keep them from being baptized? Hmm. So moral of the story, it's true, I think, in the book of Acts that at times, not universally, but at times, water and spirit are separated temporally. But it seems to be for the purpose of assuring the the apostles they're on the right track here. Hmm. You know, because Peter had to be kicked a number of times, three times to even go to Cornelius's house. So now what does he see? He sees the Pentecost manifestations. He sees, he, he hears them speaking in tongues. He says, they have the same spirit we do. So, of course, they need to be baptized. At the close of the day, anybody who has the spirit is baptized. Right. Anybody who's baptized receives the spirit. So. The, the idea of there being a spiritual baptism without water baptism is a silly notion. Well, I think it buys into this notion that spiritual means not material. Right. Which is precisely what it does not mean in the Bible. Because right. the spirit always works through some kind of means. Right. You know, he works through the means of the word. He works through the means of water. He works through the mouth of a preacher. Um, you know, he, he in general does not work apart from means. And so, so when you um, when you set aside creaturely, earthly, material means, 
you're basically taking the tools out of the Holy Spirit's hands. What's he going to work with now? Hmm. How's he going to, how's he going to, uh, you know, deliver to humanity what Christ has won for humanity, except, except through means. So, oh, you Lutherans, you just limit. Oh, uh, we do. You limit God. You, you try to put him in your sacrament box. So, so our Australian friend, is spirit always talking of the heavenly things? Uh, the answer is no, not no. necessarily. Uh, right-hand kingdom stuff, no. Breath of life, it can be that. Um, generally, I, I would go, whenever I encounter the word spirit in the scriptures, I first of all ask myself, is this of the Holy Spirit? You know, there are unclean spirits, yeah, too. Yeah, this is true. Uh, so not everything that's spiritual is of the Holy Spirit. And how do you discern that? Is Christ preached? Because that's his work. His work is to take from what is mine, Jesus says, and make it known to you. Mm. To convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. But all of this is preaching activity. It's wording activity. Even in Genesis 1, I mean, what, what, what happens with the, when the Spirit of God hovers over the waters? God speaks. Right. You know, and so all these, these creative or, ordering, separating, naming acts all take place by the Spirit and the Word working in concert. So, you, you know, it's, this, is, this is almost our baptismal theology in a nutshell. Yeah. The Lord at work through the Word and, and the Spirit— um, so I think to maybe to summarize it in John, it kind of means of heaven and of earth or uh, in, in Paul, it kind of tends to mean old man, new man, spirit referring to the new man uh, born in baptism uh, as opposed to the old Adam. And, and they, they kind of overlap because flesh born of flesh, spirit born of spirit, you know. It, it's interesting also that at the day of Pentecost here. These guys are Galileans and the people are amazed. In verse eight, they say, how is it that we eat, that we hear each one of us in his own language? Uh, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, et cetera, et cetera, all these different ethnicities and everything, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues, the mighty works of God. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times when I would go to the vineyard on a Sunday night that people were having all sorts of prophecies, but they weren't they they weren't in line with scripture. They were. What would be an example of one? Can you can you call one to mind that was just kind of like glaringly obvious? I'm sort of curious. Yeah. What are people saying in the name of prophecy? A, a lot of times, it's the obvious. You know, is we have become a pagan culture. God's judgment is upon us. Duh. Repent, repent, or yeah, exactly. Here it this is. This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. So basically that's the theme of a lot of that. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And, then, and then there was always the prophecy. How much that, discernment does that actually take to be able to say that? Not a whole lot. But then there was always, <laughs> you know, something great revival is coming within the year and, and God's spirit will fall mightily on Orange County and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it, yeah, whatever, guy, you know, uh, apart from the word. We have no confidence. Well, yeah, I, I, we're not going to sit here and say that 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 God, can, that the Spirit of God cannot actively speak to the church today for its own well being. Sure, you know, I mean, but there's it. Nothing the Holy Spirit has to say is going to contradict what He has said through the apostolic right. word. 
And in all likelihood, it's going to be pointing to Christ. It's, it's going to be about Jesus. I remember, remember Dr. Nagel, he called the spirit the bashful member of the Holy <laughs> Trinity. He, yeah. He, he, yeah, my analogy is he, he's not like the actor on the stage so much as the guy behind the spotlight. Right. You know, he doesn't want to be seen. In fact, they all wear black, so they disappear into right, the background. Right. And, uh, but, but he just wants the spotlight on Jesus. You know, as I had dinner with Uva Simonetto the other night, and he was telling me upwards of 80% of the Muslims who are becoming Christians in Europe are having these dreams. Spirit, uh, angels or Jesus are coming to them and saying, go to this church, hear the truth. Right. And, and where does it lead? It leads to? Word and sacrament. Christ, baptism. Right. Yeah. I mean, and who's going to say, oh, that, that's, that's not, the Spirit's not working there. You know, we're not going to say that. No. It's just proof that our, our if, God if, has a great sense of humor. If somebody has a dream and says, throw up, all religions okay. are the same. We all worship the same God. It's all cool. Just do what, right. you know, uh, there we're going to ask some questions about exactly yeah. what Spirit say. You know, it's clear it's not the Holy Spirit in operation there. Yeah. I was just astonished when I, I asked him, I said, about what? What percentage are you talking about? It's like 80. I'm it, it, serious? It is a recurring theme. Yeah. I, I've heard it from people. I, I've heard it from people that are quite credible. Yeah. Uh, who experience the same thing. You're saying Uva's not credible? <laughs> He's very credible. <laughs> and, and, and a journalist, too. So, I mean, who's to argue with that? Well, that kind of takes away from his credibility if he's a journalist. Anyway... We'll catch you next time on The God Whispers. William, move your head! Oh, Billy! My mind is a raging torrent, flooded with rivulets of thought, cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives.